Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Welcome, everyone, to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern. How are As you, usual, Eva? I'm excellent. Thank you. We are at our posts. As always. On broadcasting Monday, live from a secure bunker in Cincinnati, but we have to update that, right? Because we're just going to say broadcasting live from Cincinnati because we're not really sure how secure the bunker is. Well, you know, once you reveal... You know, after we saw 007, after we saw Spectre this weekend, you can't reveal your safe house. Yeah. Like, right. We're broadcasting live from a secure bunker on Golden Avenue. Right. In <laughs> Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. So the mission of Corporate Talk is to use our collaborative skills to make a difference in the workplace, even as one person. Our companies need us now more than ever. So let's give them our A game. Right. Excellent, yes. Um, and sometimes it's not that easy to give our A game. No, it's not. Um, when we're feeling a little C minus. Right. You know, honestly, I'm, uh, I'm a little technology challenged this past week. Um, laptop crashed. Then what? Right? So I'm a little behind on my emails. I'm a little behind on my posts. So please, patience, I will catch up. Um, you know, it just, it, it takes a village to run a business. Yeah. You know, between all of the technology stuff and all of the content stuff. You know, I don't, I don't mean to be, um, harsh, but you're sounding a little long in the tooth. Well, well, yeah, I mean, I am too. <laughs> so you may be sounding real, not harsh, <laughs> but no, I was just saying, to myself, I was just thinking, you know, like, where do you get all of the resources to do this work? Um, where do you go? And I then I realized you have to go with the people that know. You have to get BDO. Well, stop it. <laughs> you know, I was Couldn't just <laughs> I was just thinking about, um, you know, the good old days when. You had to handwrite a memo and send it to the typing pool. Oh yeah, I was. Or, even, well, it was word processing. I wasn't. I'm not so old that there was a typing pool. It was word processing back then. Right, I'm a little before you. I actually had the chisel <laughs> in the tablet. I worked on Y1K. <laughs> um, so, but we're back. Technology is working. Yes. And we're doing great. So uh, happy to be here as usually. We have a lot going on. Uh, we have a great returning guest, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, I know we have some webinars coming up. Please, everyone, stay close to us. Shoot us an email, ctradioinfo at gmail.com. Just uh, it's free information for your benefit. Right. And if you um, like our page on Facebook, you will get all the info there as well. Excellent. Yes. You know, so let's talk about Carol. Yeah, I was just thinking that um, 
So we're in our fourth year. Okay, we broadcast yes, weekly. Yes, we just started our fourth year. So if you do the math, you know, you can figure out. And, you know, we've had a guest basically every week, which we're proud of. Um, but you can probably count on one hand the number of returning guests that we had. True. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is really cool for us because um, there are some things I want to ask Carol, but um, let's just bring her out. So I would like to reintroduce a returning guest to our show, the Common Sense Health Coach, Carol Phillips. Carol, are you there? I am. Hello. Hey. Hi, Carol. Welcome back. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm great. It's so good to be back on your show. Yeah, I remember um, when we first spoke on the air the last time. We I were had, in the studio. We were in the studio. Yeah. I had your book uh, on my lap, and I said, you know what? This book needs to be a fixture. Do you know if Carol <laughs> was here today, she would absolutely smack us because before dinner we had gluten-free brownies right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's really bad. <laughs> it's really hey, everything bad. in moderation. Moderation. <laughs> everything in moderation. Moderation nation. So, um, okay, so Carol, uh, I just want to share your website, Health Design NH. We'll get to that in a minute. HealthDesignNH.com, but the NH is in New Hampshire, right? Correct. Correct. Um, and I, I harp on that, Carol, because... You know, New England, um, I mean, the the leaves are nice in the autumn, but I'm basically a Yankee. I mean, I see your posts, too, right? I mean, I know you're a New England patriot all the way. Right? That's right. Undefeated. <laughs> yeah. You look a little sad when you say that. <laughs> so, health design and age. So, Carol, what is new? What's happening? What is new? Oh, lots of lots of new things. It's um, I'm starting to work on my second book, which is um, focused on the corporate world and the do's and don'ts of quality wellness programs, which is Excellent. really exciting. Uh, let's um, just and, uh, I just want to mention the first book, 52 Simple Ways to Health. And yeah. you can get that on Amazon or through your website, healthdesignnh.com, right? Correct. It's available in paperback and ebook, and within a couple of weeks it will be on Audible.com. So I recorded oh, nice. uh, the, over the summer. I recorded it because I had people who had read the book and now they want to listen to it in their car or when they're exercising and review the information. And the book is basically um, a great toolbox for people to educate and motivate them to make some small changes in their lives that will turn into uh, great progress for them. Right, and the difference with your book um, is it's more than the content, which the content is fantastic, but the delivery is very creative, the way you put the book together and you make it very simple and easy to follow and very enjoyable. So that, Thank you so much. This, yeah, that was really Well, because it always, you, whenever you go to make a change, you always think that it has to be a really big deal to have an impact. Like if you start working out, it's like, I gotta go six days a week, otherwise it's not gonna, it's gonna be meaningless, which you kind of get into that oh, six absolutely. day a week mode. Absolutely. And the problem with the big changes, and I, you know, I often joke that society wants us to wake up tomorrow morning and be perfect and, and eat like a rabbit and wake up at 5 a.m. and run five miles, and it's just not sustainable. And what's 
what's realistic is when we make small, consistent changes. And the difference is that when we try to make big changes all at once, our brain says, okay, this is temporary. How long can I do this and when's it going to end? <laughs> Whereas if we make small, doable changes and we choose things that we enjoy, the brain says, oh, this is cool. I can do this. This is very doable for me. And that's what we want. We want people to make changes that are going to last a lifetime. It's like we sneak up on ourselves. Right? <laughs> we sneak in help on ourselves. We sneak it in like like you sneak in, you know, um, spinach for a kid. Yeah. Right? right. You stick it in the brownies or something. You make a puree. That's, it's the same thing with that's us. That's perfect. Right. I tell people, do what works for you, even if you have to play little games in your head to make it work. Yeah. And, you know, for the listeners, um, we're going to, as we discuss this, share some questions and thoughts and concerns about what it's costing us in terms of productivity and, and ambition and many other things. I mean, um, and that's why we love having Carol back because there is a connection, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The numbers are significant. Jeez. What are the numbers? Do you know offhand? Well, you know, if a company doesn't have a wellness program, they're losing money every day. You know, sometimes they say, well, I really can't afford one, but they can't afford to not have one. Because think about it. We like to think that our employees are coming in to work every day healthy and productive, but everybody brings their own quote-unquote baggage regarding their level of unwellness. So the good news is we have all the studies now that show what the costs are right down to each health risk factor. So, for example, we know now that on average, a smoker costs an employer $5,500 a year over a non-smoker. So that's every single year. So if they only have one smoker, but the person works there for 10 years, they're losing $55,000 literally over if they had a non-smoker. Stress has shown to cost employers on average, for a company who has an average amount of stress, $2,500 a year per employee. So if a company only has 10 employees and they have an average amount of stress, that's $25,000 every single year. And then you add in other um, factors such as obesity, high blood pressure, people who are caregivers and they come to work exhausted, people who suffer with addictions, the list goes on and on. And the numbers add up so quickly that it's really easy to show that wellness gives a company a great return on investment. You know, um, I was going to say, so, Carol, we know and refer to you as the common sense health coach, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. when corporations ask for metrics, you say, hello, it's common sense, right? Forget the metrics. Right. Just think about it. And I can tell you, and I'll just share this briefly, as a former smoker, and I was talking to the CIO at the company that I worked for at the time, and I said, you have no idea the cost. You have no idea. He says, what do you mean? I said, well, I only work in one-hour intervals, and then right. I go down and have a cigarette. And if it gets stressful, that gets cut down because I need to, mm-hmm. go, I need to go have a cigarette, right? Um, right. Things are, if things are running smoothly, I go have a cigarette. I mean, over time... Uh, eight hour, eight, nine hours a day at work, um, times five minutes or ten minutes each break, um, 
they don't have any idea how much it's costing in terms of productivity. Well, and you lose your train of thought. I mean, trying to sit down and restart, you know, because you went all the way downstairs, exactly. and all the way back up. That's what I mean. Yeah. And it's, the, it's and more the added than just break, break. Right. And the added breaks is just a small piece for the smokers because you have to add in people who smoke, they're sick more often. They have a higher chance of having a heart attack and the employee needing to be replaced or being out for months. Um, they are less productive even when they are working. Um, the the costs go on and on and on, and that's where they've done all these studies and come up with the numbers. They're factoring everything in, and the numbers are incredibly high. Yeah, and, and we just hopped on smoking a little bit um, because I had a personal relationship, right? But you mentioned so many other things, and... Um, which is really cool here because we want to talk about um, health tips to prevent some of this stuff, which is a good thing. But, man, is this, this is almost like an epidemic. Well, and if you look at just, you know, information technology in general, which is what, you know, where we worked, I mean, IT folks tend not to be the picture of good health, right? I mean, everybody's heads down in their computer Seven even when they're home because support, that's right? their passion, right? So right. it's 7 by 24 at that desk. And no one's really eating right. No one's really working out. When they go home, they're back at the computer and then add smoking to that. Yeah. It's a little toxic. Yeah. Right, right. And it does. It just goes on and on and on. And, you know, we are at a point where we only have a third of the population in this country in a normal weight range. We only have a third of the population in a normal blood pressure range because another third is borderline high blood pressure and the last third is diagnosed high blood pressure. So those are people at higher risk for heart attack and stroke and other other health problems. So, it, you know, what I teach people is that every area of your life affects your health, and each small healthy decision you make has direct benefits but many, many indirect benefits, and likewise each unhealthy choice has um, direct negative consequences, but many more indirect negative consequences. Right. No, um, I agree. We're, we're getting charged here. I think uh, charged up about this topic. I, I think it's perfect. I think the corporations need this now more than ever. But, um, Carol, please stay with us. We're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to dive in a little deeper. So um, this is Corporate Talk with Charlie, Eva, and our very special returning guest, Carol Phillips. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. 
Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And our guest today is the Common Sense Health Coach, Carol Phillips. And we're so happy to be welcoming her back today. You can also learn more about Carol at her website, healthdesignnh.com. That's where you can also check out her great book, 52 Simple Ways to Health, which you can get on Amazon. And as Carol said earlier, it's now in paperback, ebook, and soon to be in Audible. Um, so, Carol, I heard something on the news, and I have my opinion on this, um, and I think it's different from what I typically hear. And I was just wondering what your opinion was. Um, the other morning on the news, some study came out, and it said three glasses of champagne a day can be healthy. Now, I thought that was the craziest thing I've ever heard. I think just having alcohol every day is not healthy, but I was just wondering what your thoughts were on that. I think really it should be 10 a day. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Well, you know what's funny is there are certain categories where the jury always seems to be out, whether it's um, wine, red versus white, whether it's eating eggs, whether, you know, eating with the yolks, um, you know, the list goes on and on. So, you know, we're learning new things every day. And, you know, I'm thinking everything in moderation. Obviously, when it comes to alcohol, um, you know, the more you drink, the more health problems people have. So that gets back to, you know, the just what's common sense. But also, you know, thinking about, well, you know, if people don't drink at all, that's great. But alcohol is very acidic, and that's another problem with what we consume or our um, habits during the day, our body lives off a pH balance system. And most Americans tend to be way too acidic. So um, avoiding too much of something that's acidic is obviously going to help us to get back into balance. So that is one of the factors when it comes to alcohol. So, But then if you look at the flip side and say, well, you know what, if somebody is really stressed out and they have a glass of wine at the end of the day and it it calms them down, it relaxes them, they end up being, you know, um, feeling better, maybe that's an okay thing. But another thing that um, people need to remember, and I do this a lot in in some of my individual health coaching, is reminding people that alcohol may help you fall asleep faster when you go to bed. However, you're much, much more likely to wake up in the middle of the night and not be able to get back to sleep if you've had alcohol, which affects people's sleep patterns. And we do a lot of healthy um, healing when we're in a deep sleep. So there's a lot of different factors involved in everything we do. So each person has to weigh what's best for them. You know, that's a really, that's a great answer. And I agree with you on the having a couple glasses of wine or any kind of alcohol does the same thing for me. If I have more than one glass, I'll fall asleep, but then I wake up in the middle of the night and then I can't get back to sleep. It really messes with my um, my sleep patterns. Um, right, and a lot of people don't put, they don't link the two. They don't mm-hmm. say, oh, you know, I hadn't noticed, you know, I just thought that every now and then, you know, I wake up and I don't go back to sleep, but I hadn't noticed that it's when I drink more than one glass of wine or have more than one beer. Right. And I, you know, it was interesting what you said too about alcohol being acidic. Can you talk a little bit more about that, about the difference between foods which are acidic and foods which are alkaline? Is it alkaline or alkaline? Alkaline. Well, I, I encourage people to go, go online and Google pH balance 
and list of foods. And you'll find some websites that they explain what pH balance is, that our blood works off of a certain balance, that we tend to be way too acidic in our country. And people who believe in pH balance also believe that cancer thrives in an acidic environment and dies in an alkaline environment. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we need to be slightly alkaline. If we're too alkaline, we're going to also have health problems. You know, any um, extreme isn't good. But we do tend to be way too acidic. And not coincidentally, most healthy foods are alkaline and unhealthy behaviors tend to be acidic. So stress, living a stressful lifestyle, tends to leave us very acidic. Alcohol is acidic. Smoking is very acidic. Um, Laughing leaves an alkaline change in our body. So it, it does get back to a lot of common sense. So focusing on the healthier foods can really help us get back to the alkaline level we're supposed to be at. Does it make sense to get those little strips to see how acidic or alkaline you are? People can do that. It might give them a good indication of of where they're at. And, you know, just like with a pedometer, people who just wear a pedometer tend to walk more. So people who use those strips, it might be a good reminder for them to make healthier choices if they see the results and they are um, a lot more acidic than they should be. It, you know, it might be a good tool for them to use to make healthier choices. And like what you were saying, because I would assume that sugar is also acidic. I don't know. Yes, especially the processed sugar, and we tend to consume large amounts of it. So that that can cause problems too, yes, and end up leaving us more acidic. But, you know, the other thing people can do is if you just start, you know, look at the list and the best websites have them categorized. Um, they have it broken down into very acidic, moderately acidic, um, slightly acidic, and then the same with the alkaline, slightly alkaline, moderately, and then highly. So if people, you know, focus on the list of highly alkaline and make sure they're getting enough of those foods, they can they can notice a difference. Sometimes even with people with stomach problems, they notice a difference if they start eating more alkaline foods. Hmm. And does it make sense? Is it, well, I guess, is it okay to mix alkaline and acidic? Well, we do that all the time. You know, if we're eating a meal, we're, we have a little bit of each. Okay. And so basically it's, you know, what, you know, what's the average at the end of the day? Got you. And does, is there any kind of benefit to just eating like all acidic or all alkaline? Well, all acidic would be not good at all because we right. tend to get too acidic too easily. Um, but you don't want to be go the other extreme either. It's, it's one thing if you want to start eating a lot more alkaline to get back to health, but you don't want to keep going in that direction too much because you know, the blood needs to be working off a certain pH balance, just like a swimming pool. It needs to not be too acidic or too alkaline, or you're going to have problems. Got you. That's really interesting, yeah, though, right? Yeah. What I love is, you know, we're talking earlier about wellness programs for corporate or small businesses. 
Right. And what I love about this segment is diving into some of the technicals and uh, letting Carol explain why she's an expert, right? right? <laughs> I mean, even a common sense thing like people with a pedometer tend to walk more, right? I mean, um, this is what we need to hear. This validates the benefits of having a wellness program at your company or business. Yeah, and it just shows that, you know, it's just a small change has a big impact, just like Carol always says. You know, it's always just a small change just gets you into that mode. The, pedo- the pedometer, I'm having trouble talking today. <laughs> it might have been the, might have been those brownies before. I'm a little too acidic <laughs> right now. <laughs> but just like a pedometer gets you walking more, you know, just being even cognizant of the fact that some foods are acidic and then watching those too so you don't have, you know, the sugars and the processed foods and all of that. Just making a slight shift can also have a big impact. Right, and you get that get that ball rolling, and then over time it'll pick up speed. And, you know, I tell people you need to follow it up with the positive thoughts too. You mm. know, give yourself kudos. We're oh, not always kind to ourselves, and that's one of the reasons why we continue to make unhealthy choices. We don't give ourselves the positive feedback and the praise that we deserve. Well, and you see, and, and you see people so many times like feeding their dogs really well. But, you know, they could be having a smoke and a coffee and, you know, giving the dog the best dog food there is, you know, and not really watching themselves what they're Life doing. Life is tough, right? It is tough. Right. Uh, what I what I like about Carol's programs is that um, on day one, mm-hmm. you know, like I say in my book, right, Rome wasn't built in a day. But on day one, there was some construction work, right? Exactly. So start doing some construction work. And in Carol's programs, you get these little wins, you know, simple adjustments that you can, like you also just mentioned, give yourself some positive. Today, I did this, 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 and this. There we go. That's a good thing. Well, and what I didn't realize, what you said, Carol, that I did not realize at all is that laughter can turn, is alkaline. Which, right. who knew that? Like, I didn't know that stress was acidic and, and laughter was alkaline. But actually, that makes sense because they always say, well, stress can give you a heart attack. It can cause a number of different health issues. Well, then laughter, I would think, would have, you know, a beneficial effect then. And, right. But I didn't realize that it also was alkaline, which is really yeah, it's interesting. The and, you know, we hear a lot about stress management, and that's really important. But the tip I give to people is focus more on having fun and living your dreams, and doing more of what you love doing, and you're automatically going to be pushing the stress away. That's so true. And you see so many people, right, that have not had the healthiest lifestyle, but you also know that they've really enjoyed their work and enjoyed their life, and they do live to be old, even while they're smoking and drinking and doing a bunch of other stuff that would typically be really bad for you. And other people that are super healthy, but yet really stressed, really angry. You know, you see a lot of people that are really angry now. And it has the opposite effect. You know, they get sick early. It'll slowly rob you of your health. Right. And, you know, that's, you know, when I work with uh, companies on worksite wellness, it's all about starting with those baby steps, not asking the employees to make huge changes all at once. And the, the company culture really plays an important part. So I also teach employers 
how to change their company culture. So they're setting up a culture of wellness so that the employees are less stressed. You know, I've I've been in companies where the culture is very high stress, but they want the employees to be healthy. Well, the employer has to do their part, too, to create that culture so the employees can feel less stressed, and then they're going to be more likely to make healthier decisions. Yeah, we'll talk about that more when we come back. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I do want to talk about that. And then I also let's also talk about taking some baby steps. But we're about to take our second break. Stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And our guest today is Carol Phillips. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Okay, welcome back. Um, great conversation with our special returning guest, Carol Phillips, the Common Sense Health Coach. Um, Carol's website is Health Design NH, as in New Hampshire, healthdesignnh.com. And her first book is available there and through Amazon, 52 Simple Ways to Health. Now, um, I had some notes that I wanted to bring up um, for this segment, but you know, before the break, we were talking about um, corporate and stress and things like that. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to mention, and Carol touched on it, is corporate policies seem to um, promote the problem because they'll say um, you need to take. We have a wellness program because you need to manage your stress better. This is a very stressful place, right? They never say it's a very stressful place. Well, what it I, just is awful. Uh, yeah, they, they're not <laughs> trying to eliminate the stress by, let's say, promoting um, things we like to do, right, in life in general, rather than um, just learn what stress is and manage it better, right? So I don't think corporate has it right yet, Carol, is what I'm saying when it comes to health and wellness. Well, we're learning to educate the employers on how important the company culture is to worksite wellness. And um, I, I now use the market basket strike. I don't know if you're familiar with the market basket, basket strike that happened in the Northeast last year where the market basket supermarket chain, um, there were um, cousins on opposite sides. Um, one was the CEO and the other one, he lost majority, and he got taken out. And he was a much-loved CEO. And the stores, with thousands and thousands of employees, basically shut down because they walked off the job saying, we want our CEO back. 
And it was the opposite of what we see in corporate America now because these employees who live paycheck to paycheck actually walked off the job and went without knowing where their next meal was coming from to support a multimillionaire wealthy CEO who had treated them well. He had treated them well and given them more benefits than most supermarket employees. And so I use that as an example now. And, you know, basically, you know, shut shut the stores down. They ran out of food. The distributors even stopped um, delivering because they believed so strongly in the CEO until he ended up being able to buy the company from the cousin and everybody got back to work. And I said, you know, to employers, where do you see this loyalty? Who goes without knowing where their next meal is coming from for a wealthy CEO? And so that shows that if you treat people well, they will do almost anything for you, no matter how much they're getting paid. So it's really important for people to go to work and feel cared for and not be dealing with an unreasonable amount of stress so that they can be productive. So it's not just the the choices that the employee makes, but the company culture that the employer um, provides that makes a huge difference with wellness. You know, and what it also shows is the amount of power that people in the lower ranks actually have. Yeah, oh, we always knew that. That's our sweet spot. Right, I know, I know. That's what I was Um, thinking, too. But it does show the power and what can happen if you treat them well and if you you don't treat them well. And that's – I love that story, Carol, because it just shows the power that – people have and the power that a CEO has to really make their organization thrive. And I think that that gets lost so many times. Yeah. Um, Right. I don't think they, they, they don't always understand how significant that is when it comes to their bottom line. I mean, picture, you know, an, an employee, whether, you know, they're happy with their job or not. Well, they're going to work a lot harder if they're happier with where they work. So, you know, the, the employer is going to take it all the way to the bank. We, we always talk about building partners and transforming resources into partners in the workplace. And we're going to ask now for the listeners to be partners in their companies and go back to work tomorrow and say, man, we need some action here. We need to... Go to healthdesignnh.com, contact Carol. Let's bring her in. Let's learn more about what health and wellness is. You know, take the torch, make it your mission, right? Because of all of the health issues aside, it's even about your day-to-day inside the workplace, right? Right. So, I mean, if we step up here and take this message back to work tomorrow, I think we'll be doing a good thing, right? Right, and don't let the NH fool you because I have a new program where I don't have to be on site. I don't, companies don't have to be local to utilize my tools. And I do break it down for employees so that they are very easy, welcoming, enjoyable, bite-sized pieces that over time make a huge difference. And I actually have four different things that employers really need to focus on when it comes to their employee wellness. And the first one is Do they have a formal wellness program in place? Not just, you know, picking up an employee without a health background to run 
their wellness program. Right. Those employees, you know, they do the best they can, but number one, the wellness piece is pulling them away from the job they were hired to do. And secondly, oftentimes what they're doing is sometimes counterproductive to um, bringing health into a, a better direction for the employer, and they're not aware of that. And a good wellness program can teach them the difference. And then are they tracking the numbers? A lot of companies, you know, they track their numbers for everything except wellness. They need to be looking at, from year to year, the absenteeism and the health care costs and what they're doing that works and doesn't work so that they can maximize their bottom line through wellness, which can easily be done since the numbers are so significant. And then the third thing, what we were talking about, is the company culture. You want your employees to feel like they're truly cared about so that they can relax, they can reduce their stress, they can be more productive, um, you know, and it just it ends up being this really healthy loop. And then the fourth thing that I bring up that, you know, a lot of people don't always agree with me, but I think over time they're going to see that, that this is true, is that I question a lot of the incentive programs because we are not innately designed to be jumping for a dangling carrot all the time. We need to be taking care of ourselves because that's what we're designed to do. And a lot of companies think that they have to keep coming up with more and more incentive money to kind of bribe people to take care of themselves. And I think that's going to be very short-lived. I think over time that's going to be a bubble that's going to burst, and I already see that happening in some situations. Well, that's lack of trust, as I describe it, right? Well, and with the incentive programs, I mean, those don't really work because what happens is is that everybody does what we were talking about in the beginning. They go on these crazy diets or they start these unrealistic exercise routines, and they hate it. I mean, that's why they kind of do the incentive because they know people don't like it, but that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about some common-sense ways to change what you're doing so that you feel good and it's not painful. Yeah. No, those are four right. great yeah. um, points. Let's just repeat them again. Uh, so the we knew about is, culture. We talked about uh, the yeah. first one, Carol, that you discussed to me. Um, Do you have a formal wellness program? Right. Right. And it takes courage to analyze it the way you described. Right. Is it really a wellness program if it's there? Right. Um, and assess it. I think that is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, okay, you know, the metrics on it. Yep. The, the, yeah, and speaking of metrics, the good news is we have the studies to show that for each company that has a, a quality wellness program, for every dollar they invest, they will get a return of 2 to $6 for each dollar in, in as little as 2 to 5 years. Easily. Which is unheard yeah. of. Yeah. And I'll tell you something, um, charges me up, right? <laughs> These corporate visionaries that are challenged to save money or find money, right? We had one guy in our corporation who spoke in an all-hands meeting, and he said, well, the easiest way is to get every one of our 100 million customers to send us $10, right? And then the only way they could think of was to cut people, right? Mm-hmm. But here we are, Right? Invest in ourselves with a wellness program, and there will be savings all over the place. 
right? Right. Well, and people will be creative and come up with creative ways of generating more income. Well, okay. So we had, we had wellness program. We had culture. We had incentive issues, right? Which I agree a hundred percent. What was number two? Metrics. Oh, metrics. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, come on guys. Let's go. This is perfect. And you know, Carol, a couple of weeks ago, we did a whole show on the ambivalence epidemic and you know what? A lot of it, I bet, can be tied back to our natural health in the workplace. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. People are overwhelmed. They're stressed out. They're, they're plugged in too much. There's not enough fun in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Employers tend to think that every minute people are away from their desk, they're losing money. But, you know, if you let your employees have some fun and build relationships with each other and rejuvenate, you know, you'll get a 10 times return on it. And, you know, the other thing that I'm teaching companies now is put health and safety back together. That's become so fractured in companies, and it's caused a lot of problems. Most worksite accidents, which are very, very costly for employers, go right back to a problem with wellness. So if you have no wellness, or if you have a wellness person who doesn't communicate with the safety person because now they're so fractured in most companies, you're going to have more accidents. So we need to put those two back together. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we never think about that because that really wasn't the background that we came from. But that makes sense if you're anywhere where there's even, um, oh man, you know, products or any of that or high high risk type work. Right, right. Um, I mean, everybody's overtired. They don't feel good. They're overweight. They're not in shape. And then trying to lift, um, right. you know, using equipment of any kind. I mean, it's very, very dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I go back yeah. to that one time at my place where they had a fire drill. And coming back, we took the stairs back up, and I almost blacked out from mm-hmm. the stairs. So, um, yeah, you, you, Carol, you... <laughs> You are nailing this every which way you could imagine. And it's not only about um, food and diet. It's also about some intangibles like laughing and trying to calm down and have some fun. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a mix um, that you bring to the table, which is uh, twice the um, benefit. Right? Exactly. Yeah, um, en- endless, endless things that affect our health. And, you know, just to give you a quick example – you know, if you don't have health and safety um, communicating with each other, for example, you know, if they're, even if they have a wellness program and the two are fractured in a company and an employee is, you know, happens to be talking to the wellness person and says, you know, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm exhausted. I've been taking care of my elderly parents unexpectedly. I haven't been sleeping well, et cetera, et cetera. Well, if health and safety is together and there's communication, then the wellness person can turn to the safety person and say, hey, by the way, do you have John on the schedule to be driving the forklift today? You might want to use somebody else today. Mm, Something as simple as that that can, you know, avoid an accident and avoid, you know, costly workers' comp claims for the company. Um, It just goes on and on. Exactly. No, that's a a great example. Um, we use similar ones like when we say, where's Joe? Or, Don't say nothing about Joe. He's having some issues at home, right? Right. So it's kind of all related. Uh, you're exactly. so right. Um, we have to take our last break. 
So please stay with us. Um, I have some more questions, uh, more to come. Uh, healthdesignnh.com, uh, Corporate Talk with Charlie Neva. We'll be right back. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Carol Phillips. She's the Common Sense Health Coach, and you can learn about more about Carol at her website, healthdesignnh.com, and you can also find her book there, 52 Simple Ways to Health, which is also on Amazon. Come on, guys. Bring this information back to work tomorrow. You'll be a partner for sure. Yeah, and so, Carol, as we're talking, I mean, there's so much great information here. So let's say I decide to change my health. What's one of the better changes that I could make, you know, starting tomorrow that would have a big impact? Well, what I tell people is 90% of the work happens from the neck up. So Mm. what I tell people is, you know, the thoughts drive the behaviors. So if you get your head in a good spot where you're prioritizing your health, you're learning more about yourself, you know, Take some time to think about what works for you, what doesn't, what you like, what you don't like, what your roadblocks are, and spend some time paying attention to your self-talk. Do you give yourself positive messages? Do you have high self-confidence or low self-confidence? People who have high self-confidence tend to make healthier decisions because they're happier, they want to take care of themselves, so pay attention to that, and then you know, what are those forks in the road where you tend to make an unhealthy decision? Pay attention to those because it might be just a small decision here or there that can get you moving in a more positive direction. And then the other thing that's huge is society has slowly painted this picture of exercise having to be so difficult and so boring and so miserable for most people. And it's, hugely important that we move every day. So what I tell people is the first thing you need to do is think about what you find to be fun that just happens to get your body moving also. So, you know, if you don't like walking on the treadmill, don't go on the treadmill. You know, think about what you can do outside that gets your body moving. The fun aspect should be number one because then you're going to be much more likely to continue doing it. The same with the food. Don't ever go hungry to try to lose weight. You want to focus on choosing more healthy foods and crowd out the unhealthier ones and then use the extra energy to exercise. And then over time, you'll lose weight, you'll be making some healthy choices, and you're never going to go hungry in the process. You know, I love that because I think that a lot of times people don't realize that one of the reasons that they don't exercise is because they just don't feel really good. 
And when you start eating better, you start feeling better, and you sort of naturally want to start moving. Yep. And and the way Carol broke down where to begin, mm-hmm. you know, manage it like a project, right? It's right. really cool. Use some intelligence. You know, we had I had someone uh, in the past that was having some health issues and said, "Who knew I had to stop eating ketchup?" I mean, it's, oh, that's right. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I mean. <laughs> it's got to be more than that. Well, and I think what's funny is what what you were saying originally, Carol, about changing your thoughts. It always reminds me of that Yogi Berra quote. You know, ninety percent of the game is half mental. Well, okay, you know, so now is, you can't say absolutely. that to her. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And you know the the other thing that I mentioned to people is you know if all of a sudden somebody put a mirror in front of you, most people have a negative reaction. Whereas if you took a mirror and you put it in front of a two- or three-year-old, what do they do? They make faces, they laugh, they have a good time. Well, at one point in our lives, does it go from being so positive to so negative? And then the behaviors follow that. So if we're having these negative thoughts about ourselves all the time and we're so self-critical, we're not going to be as likely to follow that with healthy behaviors. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, and I was going to ask you a question, but you kind of already answered it. I was going to, you know, talk about seminars, right? Because um, I think you must do fantastic seminar work. I was just wondering how, what interaction takes place in a health seminar? Like, do you do taste tests or, but now I'm realizing you, you probably get everybody up moving around and having fun, right? Well, and we, and we do a lot of the, um, we focus on the psychology, like getting yeah. people back to looking at them, you know, what's going on with them and not trying to please the world as far as improving their health because that's external. We're designed to look at um, health intrinsically and take care of ourselves that way. So we need to ignore everybody telling us what to do but that doesn't mean we do nothing. That means we look within and find that what's going to spark us. So absolutely, and celebrating the baby steps each along the way. Cool. So we have about five minutes. Mm-hmm. So what's what's happening in 2016? Do we have any goals? Should we all be setting goals? Is that an incentive? We're coming towards the end of the year. Well, you know, I, I love people to take the 52 challenge. So, you know, we are coming to the end of the year, and, and everybody will be gearing up for January. So, first of all, with the holidays coming, I tell people, don't spend your holidays stressed about gaining weight. You know, everything in moderation, go ahead and have some, you know, some of the fun holiday food and drinks, but just don't go overboard. And then, you know, the first of the year, Pick some positive things that you like to do that's going to get you moving and get in a healthier direction and take the 52 challenge, which is pick one small thing to change each week and keep that going. Each week, add something new in a different area, hit all the different areas of health, and before you know it, you're going to have some big changes when, you know, you make a change every single week and keep keep them going. Instead of thinking, oh, you know, I have to wake up tomorrow and be perfect. That's pretty cool. I like right. that. So, okay, so let's, so 52-week challenge by slowly going through your 
52 Simple Ways to Health book and try and make one change every week. Right. It's great. Yeah. That is really yeah. cool. And well, and I also want to. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to invite our listeners to go to your website because on your website you have a lot of information too. You've got your blog posts and you also have your radio show now because Carol has a radio show too. Excellent. And, um, and the information about the radio show is on the website as well, isn't it, Carol? Um, I don't, I don't think it's on the website yet. Okay. Um, but it's on, um, I put it on my Facebook page so they can go to my Facebook page. It's, um, Facebook.com forward slash Carol Phillips author. Excellent. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, and wherever you speak or broadcast, you need a megaphone because everybody, the larger the reach, the better for all of us. Right, because so many of us just don't feel good. And Carol just makes it very doable for us to start achieving some optimal health without going crazy, without, you know, all of a sudden feeling like we can only eat vegetables. Yeah, no, and, and just to go uh, in our last two minutes off topic for a second, um, Carol's approach is very likable. There's a likability factor there. Mm-hmm. We could listen to her every day. Yes, we could. Right? It's not a, no, you can't do that. you got to do this, <laughs> you know. Um, so you, you, you can tell, you, yeah, you put a lot, of, um, a lot of passion into what you're doing, which is really cool, right? Yes. Well, you know, there's too many people who, they think of themselves as either the haves or the have-nots, you know, and they, they, you know, the people who don't feel like they're doing a good job taking care of themselves, they see themselves as the have-nots. And when you put yourself in a category mentally, it's hard to break out of that, but everybody needs to be taking care of themselves, and it doesn't have to be impossible. Yeah. No, it was great. Well, thank you so much, Carol. It was a great show, and it was great having you back. We love talking to you. Yes, we can You're speak welcome. to you every day. Fantastic. Thanks. I love being on your show, and, and thank you for having me, and I had a great time. Excellent. Take care. We're going to do the 52-week challenge, hopefully, and we'll keep you posted. Great. Thank you. Have okay, you. take care. Bye. Thanks. Um, so, again, everyone, that's Health Design healthdesignnh.com, and you can also find her on Facebook at Carol Phillips Author. And there you can learn more about her radio show, and the website has blog posts and her book and other information about Carol and how you can actually um, have Carol come out to your office. Yes, uh, do that. You'll be doing something good. You know, I don't say this lightly, but since we said it publicly, Mm -hmm. we need to step up and Maybe starting in January, we can start doing that challenge and maybe Carol can come back sometime, maybe uh, early next year and we can share what our progress has been. Day two. Oops, we screwed up already. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, it'd be, it'd be interesting. <laughs> no, it would be great. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So another great show, Charles. Fantastic show. Uh, Excellent work, and we'll be back next week with another one. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening this week. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Have a great week. Bye, guys.